Just a quick warning, when me and Tom get passionate or a bit nervous, we tend to swear more than usual. So just keep that in mind when you're listening to our podcast. It's like like square egg in a fucking round hole. You know, the big Zeus 5000. I was like, yeah, we'll have four of them. I, I basically crouched down and then like threw my cape over my back. You're scaring the sixth dog. You're scaring him. You're spooking the dogs. Like this, just like shouting in my ear. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Trying to get them. I was like, guys, photo. I think we've just killed Alex P. <laughs> like he was still down. Well, I mean, Batman doesn't exist. This would be clear. So. <laughs> and I realized it and it hit me like a freaking potato to the face and was like, yeah, you were just helping me. I was like, Chris, can you get this battery pack out of my ass? I'm Phil. I'm Tom. And we're the co-founders of Honest Burgers. And this is the Honest Podcast. Why are we doing a podcast, Tom? We are ripping the plaster off the last 10 or so years of how Honest Burgers started in a muddy field in a tent outside of Brighton and is now a national burger chain with over 45 restaurants and over 900 people that work for us. Oh, we're going to be honest. (laughs) Okay, Honest Podcast, episode two. Uh, And because we only got about a quarter of the way through Honest Fuck Ups in episode one, we're having to do part two of Fuck Ups. Um, We left our listeners on a veritable cliffhanger, you could say. Brunch-shaped cliffhanger. Yeah. Um, so, take it away, Tom. What, what was so bad about brunch? Well, I'm sure you are desperate to hear how could you possibly fuck up brunch as bad as we did. Um, it wasn't so much the execution. I actually think the food is great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We food did. We banging. had. We well, had. We had some of the. Yeah, no, I think no. <laughs> well, I think our customers really liked it, and. Um, Apologies for my wispy tones, by the way. I've got a bit of a cold at the moment. Um, but the the uh, food we we had like an obviously amazing full English, like a, which we were using, you know, really um, great quality bacon and sausages, and we had some really lovely free and eggs. So like the the basis of a good breakfast were all there. The honest values of, around food yeah. were all in place, and the, I felt very proud of that and confident in that. Biggest thing which took us basically two years to realise is. Who goes to a burger restaurant for brunch? <laughs> that was the thing that that hit us, and I think it, it hit our people who were cooking brunch and serving brunch a lot sooner than it did us. But it just never really took off, and we spent we spent years on it. Right, we spent all this time like on crockery and like trying to look at is the price point wrong, is the dish was wrong, like what is actually wrong with it? And ultimately, the thing that's wrong with it is we're called Honest Burgers. People come to us for a burger. And for ages, we didn't even have a brunch burger on the freaking menu. Yeah, that was a conscious decision, wasn't it? I think we were like, we're not just going to do burgers because we do burgers. We'll get you for lunch for a burger. We need a, a brunch menu. Oh, no. I remember I wasn't, <laughs> yeah, I, I have to was in two minds. It's funny, you talk about crockery, by the way. I mean, you guys can't see it, but if you just look over there in my uh, cabinet, you'll see some brunch plates that you might recognise. <laughs> there they are. And a couple of those trays that we used to put our full Englishes in. Yeah. We got hundreds of them kicking around. I was like, sod that, I love them. Hey, go to go to, to use. Why the hell not? There we go. The, big, anyway. the, the biggest mistake for for sure was the motivation for doing brunch, which I'm embarrassed to say. Do you know what the real motivation was for us doing brunch? It's landlords. It's it it? fucking landlords. Yeah, they wanted an all day offer. Who? What have we well, ever? Was it a specific landlord? I have to remind ourselves, but it was more that we felt actually as we expanded and gave ourselves more of an option for different types of sites yeah. that some landlords were going to say to us. 
no, we want an all-day offer in here, which I think we got in one restaurant. Well, I'm gonna, it was Barre, I'm going to do something that's probably quite harsh now because he's not here to defend himself, but I'm going <laughs> to completely throw Dorian under the bus for this one. Love it. Because he, it was him, all right? <laughs> all on you, Dor. He said, landlords want brunch. Let's give him brunch. We'll get a better property. But I think that was true though, right? I don't think he was lying. So what? Doesn't mean La- we should have done it. Yeah, I'm sure landlords like lots of things. Like, <laughs> should we do them? Should we do all them? Like, we're not we're not building a business to plead landlords, are we? That's the point. True. Well, we true. should have been building should have been building the business to please our customers, and instead we were just looking at how can we expand. And yes. that was a humongous fuck up. Yeah, I think you've touched on the brand elements and the kind of muddying of the brand. Not muddying, that's a bad word, but the confusing of the brand. And, and I think you're right. Like, not only are we a burger restaurant, but we're called Honest Burgers. There's other burger restaurants that don't have burger in the title, you know, you think. But I don't think anyone walks past an Honest Burgers restaurant and goes, ooh, brunch. Yeah, why not? And the, the really great thing about this whole thing is we were terrible at coffee. Yeah, like, neither, absolutely. Neither me or you drink coffee. Yeah, we don't, we're there with a few people, like, I, to, to meet anyone that doesn't drink coffee you get looked at like you've got three heads to meet two people that have founded a business together and neither of them drink any hot drink really yeah what are the chances but yeah we didn't we didn't take coffee seriously which is i I believe rather important to with a brunch offering you'd say um so so we failed on that front we massively failed on the reasons for actually doing it and this is where the heartstrings come out. We failed our teams. Well, yeah, that was uh, probably, you know, you're obviously more sort of on the brand side of the business and I sort of obviously think more sort of ops than people. And I think, yeah, the... Oh, the, man, we threw the, a hospital pass, a brunch-shaped hospital pass to every one of our kitchens. We did. And we preach, we preach and continue to preach simplicity in our business. And I think we all agree it's <clears> one of the key factors of, you know, how we've managed to get to where we've got to and sort of retaining that simplicity around the menu. And then suddenly we chucked in avocado on toast and fried eggs, which may sound like, and this would have happened to us when we think about it, it's not just a fried egg, but it's not. It's not just a fried egg. It changes the way our chefs have to work. And that there was that horrible crossover period. Remember when we yeah, tried to do brunch? Mess. Because you can't do brunch. You can't stop brunch at midday. Yeah, but anyone's worked in a kitchen. Like we've got a mise en place, which is like all of our ingredients that, for our burger menu. We've got them all laid out on a nice little, little organized pass section. And then you add in a whole new menu with, with, Pretty much every single one of those ingredients is brand new. Um, and I'm glad you brought up eggs because that was another thing we massively fucked up. Who goes to brunch and only orders a fried egg? Because that's all we could do, right? Yeah, literally, you couldn't do anything We were else. like, we can't do anything else. We can't do poached. We can't do, we can do fried. We do fried really well. Um, but the equipment we have in the kitchen, we can only do a fried egg. Can't do poached, boiled, um, or scrambled. And again, you're like, you look back and you're like, Hindsight. Have you ever have you ever gone for brunch, Phil, and said, "Yeah, I'd like a poached egg," and they go, "Sorry, mate, we're only doing fried here." Yeah, no, like I it's haven't. just it's like like square egg in a fucking round <laughs> hole to, <laughs> to labour. Yeah, brunch. So yeah, we we we. I mean, I, I don't think you know. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, right? And yes, it was two years, but you can't give up on something. We're not quitters. So we tried it and we tweaked it and we thought, no, we've got to keep working at it. You can't just do something that big and just give up after a few months. That would have been a big call to make. Okay. Maybe two years or too long. I don't know what the perfect amount of time was to go, do you know what, let's call it a day. I don't know. My, my dream scenario, hindsight agreed, is like just the most annoying thing in the, in the world. But surely we should have just had a few conversations and gone, we can't do coffee well. We can't do eggs well. 
and we're fucking up our kitchen services every single day by doing this. Yeah. Agreed. And I, I think we did have some of those conversations and for whatever reason, we didn't really make the right decision. <laughs> I know. Well, we were too busy trying That's to please landlords. Mistake. Trying That's to please landlords. Well, if anyone listening to this had our brunch, I don't know if there's any way of you getting in touch. What, what did you think... Was I it a disaster or did you like it? I Would you love get, it to come back? We still get comments. I get a couple of emails or people I speak, speak to go, oh, I really miss your full English or your bacon sandwich. Like, the food was good. I think it was a really great full English. But, yeah, I don't. The fact is, we don't get many people ask about it. So, <laughs> it can't have been that. But there's we, not a load of people out there missing it, I don't think. But, yeah. We do still do boozy on. brunch in uh, Bank, right? Yeah, but that's burgers, though. Yeah, just just burgers and an and unlimited amount of alcohol. Yeah. Which you can... Uh, well, yeah, yeah. What happens there, people? Actually, there's a mistake. We should move on a little bit. Let's just, let's just stay on Boozy Brunch for a second because we did Boozy Brunch across the estate in a few restaurants and quickly realised that Boozy Brunch isn't necessarily appropriate in some of our restaurants on yes. a Saturday. So we ended up, and I won't necessarily name the restaurant because I don't want to shame the town or any, in any way, shape or form, but... There was one particular restaurant where, you know, there was that horrible crossover where all the families are rocking up for their for their lunch, for their kids on a Saturday. And the last group of bookings are smashing out their last 20 minutes of their boozy yeah, brunch. just like shoveling think, Prosecco down their throats. Yeah, I think I remember the moment where we decided it needed to come out of that restaurant and probably all of them except Bank uh, when we got the email saying that one of our boozy brunch customers was walking around and had urinated herself. Ooh. Um, Maybe without That's even knowing it, and was difficult sort of walking around the restaurant, and uh, you know, there's kids and prams and things going on, and we thought, you know what, it's, it's probably not. We probably should have stopped serving her alcohol long before she. Yeah, there is that, yeah. Peter pounds, <laughs> right? That. Uh, so now it's it's appropriately, I think, in our city <laughs> That's site, and really uh, bad. it's bad. It's I've actually it. got a worse story, but I, I, there's not a chance I'll tell it on this podcast. But it's it's. <laughs> Boozy well, brunch related. There's also. only one thing worse than weeing yourself, so I think I've got an idea of what your story's about. <laughs> Natural progression of that story. Um, yeah, so Boozy Brunch is fun. Um, it is awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's great in Bank. I think it works perfectly. Now in bank. we put it in a basement in Bank uh, where no natural light comes in and it's just a kind of sinful, debaucherous basement for a few hours on Saturday morning. Yeah, that's fun. Um, I think I'll take I'll take the next one. Yeah, a lot of these have been me. A lot of them have been like food related errors. So you're sitting there, you know, quite proud of yourself. <coughs> We're years into setting up this company, and you haven't made any mistakes, which is utter bullshit. Well, I was going to talk a bit about some of the GM trips that we used to... We still run them. We, we, yeah. we're, we're a bit more responsible now. We call them Camp Honest, and it's about sort of leadership and... So this is a good one. So you, this, let's talk about, I'm going to quiz, I'm going to grill you now. What the first GM trip, what did you, explain it. What was your motivations, Phil? So I was very much, I don't know how many restaurants we had, probably 10 maybe. I think there's maybe 22 people on the trip. Mm. You know, us lot, all the, all the GMs and a bunch of, a couple of others. And I was very much of the opinion that I didn't, I think our guys worked really hard. I still, I still believe this a little bit, by the way. Yeah. Our guys worked really hard, you know, day in, day out. I didn't want them to, I wanted it to be a break. I wanted it to go and stay somewhere nice. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to just put them up in some shitty hotel and then do loads of training and exercises. I didn't want them to have to use their brains. And you, you wanted to be called Uncle Phil, didn't you? Absolutely not. 
Um, Just come have a party, man. So I was of the opinion that we'll stay somewhere nice, but we'll basically just get a load of food in from like a Tesco home delivery and a load of booze. Yeah. And we'll just let the guys just be around each other and we'll have barbecues, we'll play some games. Stay somewhere nice is also debatable. So? Stay somewhere nice is debatable. That first... Hang on, where was the first? The first one was... Some ropey-ass country house with a weird, skanky hot tub. I've forgotten about that. That was not nice. Yeah, well, so, you know... Four or five hours later, I think our head of food is riding my on my back around the house. You know, yeah, it's one of those environments uh, yeah, it where got, it got loose very quick, didn't it? No one, you know, like when no one decides to take any form of cleaning up duties, <laughs> and there's like fifty people, yeah, and everyone's drunk, and it's just like it's incredible how quick a house can descend into utter chaos. And, and yeah. I was trying to cook. For everyone. Me and Petco were trying to cook outside. That's right, yeah. So you've got all the mess that you create when you're trying to cook food for empty people and empty bottles of wine, cans of beer, yeah, freaking bottles of horrible bright-coloured spirits that spill everywhere mm-hmm. and a hot tub. <laughs> and I think we were playing Heads, Follies and Beats in the garden, which made I feel really old saying that. Um, and, yeah, and a lot of very young... Yeah, and, and, and you, immature, immature founders really who are yeah. kind of leading the way in terms of. Is that, we're in that, that that transition, I'd say, phase where you know we we're in amongst it, and you're one of the you felt like one of the crew, and then you're starting to realise that actually you need to not necessarily. Be yeah, you in, need in to not be one of the crew. So, you're not cool Uncle Phil so anymore. <laughs> Got to stop saying Uncle Phil, man. I don't know where that's come from, but if that sticks, I'm going to be really angry. <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> um, so definitely, that was an error. I mean, no, no one got hurt. Let's just put that one out there. Everyone yeah. did have a good time. Everyone had a great time. It was, it was it did really what good I wanted to do, but it probably wasn't effective or uh, meaningful in a, no. in a business sense. No one got anything out of it other than probably shaved a couple of years off their life. Yeah, I'd say. And we had, we had maybe two or three of those. And I think I think my favourite GM trip story, which is a, is a mistake, by the way, which I'll hold my hands up to, because it's a different perspective when you're not drinking on these things and... I was about to have my second child any minute. Um, so being away wasn't particularly uh, appropriate. It hadn't particularly gone down well. That's your first it, mistake, isn't it? It hadn't gone yeah. particularly down well with Helen that we were sort of a week or so away from due date with our second child. And I went off to Norfolk for a weekend with our managers. Yeah. But I promised that I wouldn't first drink. I'd have the phone on charge the whole time. And if the call came, I'd be in the car and I'd be back within an hour. And, and so half, you right? didn't drink at all, did you? Uh no, Tom. Okay. Maybe Helen, Helen, do you hear that hesitation <laughs> in his voice? I think I had one night. I had a couple of G&Ts one night, maybe. But the mistake, it, here was the mistake. I as, And being the sober one, I was like, right, well, I can organise and I'll step back. And it's quite a thing when you're the sober one, everyone else is drunk, by the way. But that's, yeah. a, that's a tangent. I've, I've been there many times now. Yeah, I remember you letting off a firework from your hand. That was going to be my mistake, is you can't do oh, that. You great. can't let fireworks from yeah. your hand without no. serious repercussions. You, you and Mark Brennan, one of our managers, running around with fireworks in your hands and just yeah. letting them off. I mean, I mean, Which I normally you, I'd have been fine with, but this time I was sober and I was like, no, no. You, it was outside. This is, this is, I'm not a complete lunatic. But <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. Outside. We've got another really great fireworks story coming up. Yeah. So anyway, this that trip, so I organised that evening, we go to Yarmouth Dog Racing in Norfolk, which, frightly or wrongly, I thought was going to be quite ropey, right? Yeah. And I thought, we'll fit right in. There's 30, <laughs> there's 30 or 40 of us, we'll rock up, 
we'll and have this, a few this drinks. This is based we'll... on on the experience of Brighton dog racing track, which is yeah. pretty old school. Old it's great, school, but amazing, but very old school. Very yeah. kind of like East End kind of vibes. No airs and graces. I'm thinking, yeah, this is yeah. an Ascot. Um, so I get there in my car a little bit earlier, and I know our guys have already had a few drinks in the afternoon. And, and I tell, and I tell, fancy dress as well. We're in a Halloween fancy dress, yeah. and I tell them not to drink too much on the bus. No, full well, they're all going to drink loads on the bus. So I get to Yarmouth Dog Races. I get there about twenty minutes early. I walk in and I said, "Look, we're on. They're on their way. About twenty minutes away." As I said, she said, "Look, it's all good." But as I walk in the door, it's really quiet, and there's loads of families yeah. sitting around having dinner. Civilized and quite it's, nice. It's civilized and quite nice. It's quite a nice environment. And I'm like, "Oh no!" Like in about ten minutes, forty yeah. Honest Burger managers and central staff are going to bowl through that in you fancy dress. This so wrong. I'm like, and I said that I, I faced into it with the manager. I was like, "Listen." I can see it's quite cool and calm here. The guys are coming, and she was like, "It's all good." Like I get it, but just just try to keep the noise down when they arrive, and just let these kids around. Like try avoid any swearing, right? So I'm like, I'll do my best. Ten minutes later, the doors fling open, and I won't again names again. But one of our members of stuff walks in in an inflatable pumpkin outfit, which is like battery powered. <laughs> she bends over the table and shouts at the top of her voice to to Chris, one of our managers at the time. She was like, "Chris, can you get this battery pack out my ass?" <laughs> and literally you could hear a pin uh, drop the manager yeah. just looked at me and was like I was like oh god and then so ensued the next hour of me just trying to keep everyone reasonably tethered to some form of normality yeah and not upset people <clears throat> and then we tried to do, remember we tried to take a photo and there was that Chipotle Mayo song which we had right Chris yeah again, yeah this is a Chris guy he he doctored the words to Andy Williams, I love you, but that one, right? Yeah, yeah. And he put Chipotle Mayo on it, right? And all the managers have been singing it all weekend. So we're trying to get a group photo at the end of this night by the track. And they're all down there and I'm on the top of the stairs trying to get a photo and they're all singing Chipotle Mayo while these dogs are being wheeled out for the next <laughs> race. And this old woman, she must have been about 80 years old, comes marching out. She's just in my ear being like, you're scaring the sixth dog. You're scaring him. You're spooking the dogs. Like this. Just like shouting in my ear. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Trying to get yeah. that. I was like, guys, photo. And she's like, wow, 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 wow. Like this. I'm like, oh, my God. That was, yeah, that was a good one. I, I remember that night. That was back in my drinking days. And I was dressed as Cyril Sneer from the <laughs> Raccoons. Which, that's niche. Fancy dress. That's really niche. And yeah. I, actually, one of your biggest mistakes is you didn't take the fancy dress very seriously that night, I believe. Yeah, I don't think I did. Which, for anyone who has any experience with fancy dress, there's only one way to go. You are you are a go big or go home kind of guy. But that's that's all there dress, is. There's fair. no middle ground with fancy dress. No, I, love that, I love bother. that about you. I love that about you, to be fair. I mean, I have that attitude with a lot of things. But fancy dress, don't bother or do bother. Or do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I feel the same about karaoke. True, similar. All right, well, that was a good one. What about the... Well, you mentioned fireworks. Yeah. There, so this, I think maybe we'll wrap up this as the last GM trip because this was probably the last of its kind, really, I think, at this point we realised. Uh, yeah, this was the last of its kind because, well, it nearly got pretty south, actually. It nearly went pretty bad, that yeah. GM trip, for many reasons, where we had bigger scale now. We had probably... 70-odd people. Well, I, this one, we had head chefs come along. The feedback we got was that the head chef should be there as yeah. well. So we doubled it in size, we were, and we were bigger, obviously. Chefs we had like a drink. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it basically was, you know, that kind of has to be bigger and better than last year's trip. So we tried um, mm -hmm. and somewhat naively spent several thousand pounds on fireworks. Not, not naively, intentionally. Okay. I found a website. It was, I was like a kid in a sweet shop. 
and it was like just you just put them in your basket and they were like you know the big zeus 5000 i was like yeah we'll have four of them <laughs> like just like racking up fireworks in my basket spent about a grand and a half on fireworks yeah, so that was a big... So we went big on the fireworks, and the night, the, the the weekend had been, like, there was a few near misses, definitely too booze-focused. And it is bad, because we were trying... Like, you look back at it now, and you think there's a lot of issues, actually, in in our industry with with alcohol, with drugs, with lack of sleep, with just bad, bad kind of body health, basically, because you're just working like a dog half the time. Yeah. Um, not looking after yourself. And it was stupid of us to basically exaggerate all of those things in one weekend. Um, and as a result, it, yeah, it was just carnage again. But- totally naive. I'll, and that, look, I, I'll have to hold my hands up to all of that, I think, really. I was the chief proponent of these trips and the nature of these trips and just wasn't in that mindset, to be really I honest. I just didn't play. I didn't think it was that I didn't see the significance of the kind of environment we were creating on those trips and actually how it just was creating the wrong behaviours and the wrong culture in the business. To analyse the situation slightly, I believe that reason is because you're a really damn good drunk. It's true. You're such a good drunk. And and I am the complete opposite of that. I'm a terrible drunk, which is why I don't drink anymore. And a lot of people, I think I'd say maybe more people, actually no, but probably more people sit in the middle of me or you, but I think you look at it probably a bit more naively because you don't definitely yeah and I, lack, the, I, I, like I think I lack that drinking. awareness like, like you know you don't see beyond your own nose as they say and uh I just wanted people to have fun and at the time you know I was younger oh, fun was had well I, I applied fun to everyone as long as everyone's drinking and, and is drunk then they're having fun and actually yeah that's kind of you can actually alienate a lot of people by that and I think as we got thing. bigger we started to and I remember a few comments from I don't remember you saying to me like I don't know man like does this feel right and and then start, a few more comments started coming from one or two people. And you could see, as the group got bigger, you could see some people being a bit more like not engaging and not feeling comfortable. And I was like, oh, this isn't right. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, let's finish on finish the GM strip with a yeah. wonderful crescendo of fireworks that we decided to go. It was good. I mean, we've got videos of this. So we yeah, should yeah, no, seriously. It, it was like, I'm so it proud like of a this professional setup. Like... But behind the scenes, you peel it back and it was utter carnage. And so what we'd done, we had this big like complex of bars and they had a load of fields in front of them. So I got my car. We, this was right at the end of the, of the night. So everyone was like steaming at this point. There's still a lot of fans stress. I think, I think there was an inflatable pumpkin. Yeah, same, same night. Same, it was the same night. It was when we got back from the same. dogs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we got my car and I opened all the windows and doors and sunroof and put Kamina Barana on the um, stereo at the absolute max volume, which is like the most epic no, piece of... It was some Gladiator, wasn't it? You put the Gladiator soundtrack on. No, I did not. <laughs> put Camino Verano on. I remember it well. Mm. I probably pronounced that wrong. Gladiator is not epic enough for the fireworks. Well, no, I agree. It's this... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Touché. Um, so, yeah, so we had this this epic piece of um, of opera, like, blaring out. And we start... We'd already set, like, we'd pre-set up the... Um, the, the poles in the ground with all the fireworks. And we'd actually, which there is a real science to, which obviously no. we didn't know. So yeah, check your footing when you're doing fireworks, right? So so it, it was quite damp. I had had an outfit change at this point and I was dressed as as um, Dracula and I had this amazing um, uh, cape on, which I'm telling you, which will come into relevance in a few minutes. But yeah, I had this big cape on um, and we'd put these big, like chunky rockets in the poles earlier that day and they were just sat there 
in the poll, we're thinking, great, let's get organised. The big Zeus 500s. Yeah, me, Phil, and a guy called Alex P, who's worked for us for a long time, thankfully. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> we had these, like, inflatable, they're like ignition fucking fireworks themselves, weren't they? And you're like, you, you, you light them, and then you can basically just go along and keep keep lighting all the fireworks. And we started I think, off... I don't think they were inflatable, but... Did I say inflatable? <laughs> Inflammable. <laughs> Maybe that's what I meant. Um, Tom's word of the day. Yeah. Every episode, man, it's going to happen. Um, and we started going at the front ones, the little warm-up ones, and the music's building, and, and the atmosphere's going, you can hear everyone's having fun, and we start with the light. And then we kind of just get a bit bored, and we start lighting some of the bigger ones and then we're just wanting to light the big fucking Zeus like that's what we were desperate for so <laughs> fire at will so we then yeah we just started going and then we there's three of us lighting and we had all these fireworks there and then it was eventually just like wow let's just light them all so we went through started lighting them and one of some of the rockets went up and they like properly went up and, and there was a huge explosion it genuinely started looking really good and then I remember there's a scene in Saving Private Ryan which felt very similar to this where we lit one of the big rockets and it basically starts going <laughs> and then doesn't... Doesn't leave its Doesn't path. leave its fucking pole and just stays in the ground and just goes... <laughs> and gets louder and louder and louder. And I remember looking at Phil and everything went silent and it was literally like, Run. Like, there was no, like, get the fuck out of here. Because we were, like, you know, three or four metres away from this big Zeus. And he's about to to retaliate. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure, maybe I'm exaggerating what I did now, but I'm pretty sure... You, thought you, you thought you were a Batman. Batman. Well, yeah. Christian Bale Batman, yeah. Who, who you say I'm not. Um, and I had this cape, and basically Phil and Alex had, like, properly... We'd legged it. ...dived. Yeah. The the, um, the firework exploded like about three or four meters from our faces, and I basically used my cape and just like Batman does, except his cape is slightly more. It was made of like Kevlar, Kevlar like, kind of some technology yeah. that probably doesn't even exist. Well, I, I mean, Batman of, doesn't exist. Let's just be clear. Well, so. <laughs> so, I yes. I basically crouched down and then like threw my cape over my back, um, and the thing went off. And I have a I have a cape with several holes in it to prove the story. Um, yeah, okay, it was just like a polystyrene bit of sheet. No, no, basically. it wasn't. It was a fucking... I bought it in New York. Okay. We spent about three hours in this oh, fancy wow. dress shop. It was a decent cape. Like I say, <laughs> it was a decent cape because now it's like Swiss cheese. Um, <laughs> but I, I stood up and Phil and Alex P are lying on the ground and like your ears are ringing and this is the same private right moment and it's like complete silence and you're blurry as hell and there's smoke everywhere and there's still fireworks going off and it was like... Fuck! I think we've just killed Alex P. Like he was yeah. still. It's okay up. if we kill each other. Yeah, we can't we're not, not going to sue business. each other. Like we can get by this. But yeah, that was that was a hairy moment. That that I was think, stupid. That was that was stupid. That was genuinely yeah. stupid. That was uh, that was the uh, that was the end of GM chips in that form. Right. Sadly, I don't, think, so. I don't think that was the end of fireworks blowing off on our faces, even for that night though, because we still carried on in exactly the same fashion. Until all the fireworks went off. And I'm yeah, pretty I mean, sure yeah. there was a few more that I spent, did exactly the same thing. I spent good money on them. They're going up <laughs> one way or another. We're going to fire these fireworks. Yeah. But no, uh, we've, we've moved our GM trips. So there's still there's still drink involved. There's still a bit of partying, but it's more, we try and be a bit, we call it Camp Honest now, don't we? And it's a bit more... Oh, the last Camp Honest was epic. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Yeah. We did it in the field that I got married in. Yeah. And it, we had, we absolutely lucked out the weather. It was like... 
30 degrees in August. And we did like a military style. So we rented these, um, uh, they were literally from World like War Two. these, tents, these mess tents that had been like sewn together from fucking donkey's years and they're still going. We had mess tents. We had these individual um, tents in like perfect row that I put up um, the couple of days before. And it was, a, it was still fun. Like we had a lot of fun. I seem to it's remember brilliant. you were force feeding people red wine out of a box of wine. Yeah, on their good, knees. There's a good photo of me pouring wine down Marco's throat, I think. Yeah. But we started the day with a lot more focus and Yeah, it was much more meaningful, I think, yeah. And yeah, that's the that's the format going forward, I think, isn't it? Yeah. I don't I don't, I don't... drink should be part of the day, not the focus of the day. Yeah, and it can't alienate that's probably, people. Where, that's probably where we're at now, isn't it? Um which is good. So a learning curve on large groups of people and then unlimited alcohol generally ends in the same way, no matter who you are. All right, so this fuck-up I had to remind you of because you're good at forgetting your own fuck-ups is the importance of good footwear. Wow, that's a tenuous link, but I'll, I know I know the, 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 the mistake that you're referring to. Probably one of the more embarrassing ones I've made. Um, so, yeah, that, this was the BBC Breakfast story, right? Yep. So, again, not... I don't know how long how many restaurants we had, but this is a few years ago now. So yeah, we were still five, quite, five you know, young and wet behind the ears on this kind of stuff. <clears throat> still are really. But um, yeah, BBC Breakfast News want us to go along uh, live and it was Steph McGovern. Yeah. I think at the time. Business, business, business. The business part. I'll be honest, I can't actually remember what the topic was and why they wanted honest. I can't. Just- Business. No, there was there was there was a reason. There was something that happened in the news, and it was relevant to something that had just been announced. Anyway, so I remember being like, absolutely not. Yeah, like, you were like, not having this one. Take it. it was like a Sunday night, fucking. That was Monday morning. Oh, it was, yeah, it was, it was a Monday morning, up, seven a.m. Yeah. slot, which is key to the story, by the way. <laughs> so it's up in Salford, obviously, where the media city is, uh, live. And you're like, screw that, I'm not going live. And I'm like, yeah, I'll do this. Boom. So I go up on Sunday night on the last train. It's the summer. I'm wearing shorts and uh, flip-flops, I think, and just a yeah, T-shirt. Really I got that thought, you know, kids at home, I say, I'll get the last, I'll put them to bed and I'll get the last train up to Manchester. They put you up in a hotel on Media City and then I'll be in in the morning, uh, early, obviously, for the, for the show. So I go up and I take, you know, the clothes I'm going to wear in the morning. So nothing too smart, but a shirt, houses and, and a pair of nice shoes. Go with it. But the nice shoes are in a separate carrier bag. Yeah. So I go Textbook up on... Textbook mistake. Yeah, then. so Sunday night, I'm on the last train to Manchester. I get into Manchester at like 11.30 at night or something. I walk off the train. I get about... I get in a cab. I get about five minutes down the road and I realise I've left the bag of my the, with my shoes in on the train. So I say to the cab driver, right, man, you've got to get me back to the station quick. I need these shoes, right? And it's one of those when... You think, oh, that's a bit annoying. And then it dawned on me. I was like, no, hang on a minute. Reality certain. It's Sunday night. It's 11.30 at night. There is no way I can get more shoes. And I'm on at seven o'clock in the morning. So there's no way I can get more shoes in the morning. Yeah. And I've only got flip-flops. I cannot go on BBC News breakfast live in shorts and flip-flops or even smart trousers and flip-flops. I'm like, this is ridiculous and it and i was like this is and 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 it's the same the more i thought about it, i was like actually what what am i actually going to do here so i leg it back to the station hoping that the train's still there and i can still get in it's not 
it's gone. Yeah, so now I'm gone. like, I don't have shoes. So now I think, and now I'm panicking. So I call BBC. Don't know what I'm hoping for. But anyway, someone actually answers. They must have some 24-hour receptionist or something. And I explained the situation and this person just laughed at me down the phone, basically. And I was like, oh, I know why. I was thinking they have like a wardrobe, right? They must have some shoes I can borrow. So yeah. I say this to the woman. She's like, yeah, yeah oh, well, don't worry about it. Yeah, that's all good and laughing head off. I don't really trust her. So I get back to the Holiday Inn, Media City, and the guy in reception, I can't remember his name. I really should have remembered him because he saved the day. He says to me, uh, I say to him, man, this is what's happened. He also laughs in my face. And he's like, don't worry, mate, what size are you? And I'm like, well, size 10. He's like, okay, I've got a pair of shoes in the, in the car. So he <laughs> lent me his shoes. So I go to sleep. I'm like, it's all right. I've got shoes sorted. I go to the BBC. I think that's the end of it. I walk in and one of the first things that the uh, producer or editor or whoever they are says to me is like, heard about the shoe thing. think it's really funny. Ditched. Will you yes. go on in flip-flops? We'll, we'll talk about it. I'm like, absolutely not. Like, I'm definitely not doing that. That reception is through you under a bus. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not doing that. I've got some shoes now. It's all good. Yeah, ignore it. Forget about it. Let's move on. Yeah, move on. And they're right. like, oh, they look disappointed. They're like, all right, yeah, fair enough. So I go on, <laughs> and I'm thinking, all good. It's all good. And, you know, what's his name? Charlie and Naga Manchetti are doing their thing over here. Yeah. And I'm sat with Steph. And Presented it's like, beautifully with great shoes on. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm sat there waiting for my bit, and it's a load of cameras, and they're like, we'll cut to you, and it'll be like like this and I know it's about 30 seconds away because I think Steph says something to me like right, yeah, 30 seconds or something and she says oh by the way we're going to finish on the <laughs> shoe story because it'll be really funny and I'm like no 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 Steph's no. rogue I'm like don't no don't do that don't do that Like, and she's like no no it'll be really good don't worry it's all good and I'm like no don't do that and then suddenly the guy's like three two go <laughs> so anyway we talk yes. about whatever the hell we talked about for about two minutes it wasn't long and then the last thing she says is like, and I hear you had a problem with your shoes, Philip, like this. <laughs> so I have to kind of tell a paraphrased version of this story. I mean, it's online. I mean, I, I haven't seen it for a while. I've got that video. Yeah. And, and then when you, when you watch it, they pan down to my shoes and I, I shout out to the guy in the Holiday Inn, obviously. And I'm like, so I walk out the studio and of course I, I pick up my phone and it's like, <clears throat> like yeah. all my mates from school and all my family are like, dickhead <laughs> like just getting abused basically by all my friends so yeah there you go that good footwear but that is, i mean the thing is you know me well as do my friends obviously from the from the messages i've got i mean it, it didn't surprise you when you heard that story i wouldn't no. have thought i mean that's quite an extreme level of my disorganization and kind of general laissez-faire attitude to life but um culminated brilliantly on live tv Thank you, Steph. All right. So there's a there's a there's a new entry into biggest fuck ups, isn't there? Like yeah, recent. We can real real recent. And I remember as it happened, I was like, wow, this is gonna be, <clears throat> this is going to be great material for podcast two because it didn't hadn't happened when we did podcast one. That's how recent yeah, this is. This is literally right? the last few weeks. And uh, you know. As, no, I was trying to make out that I don't like to just put this on you, but actually I'm just going to sit back and let you explain this one. Yeah, so I will take the blame for this one, even though it was a wider <laughs> finger-pointing exercise, but I will take the blame for this one. Um, so you probably are all aware now that our lovely government, um, in all their wisdom, decided to um, say any companies, um, I think above 200, 250. Of staff, 250 um 
members of staff have to put your calories on your menu. So any point of sale, you have to put calories on the menu, um, which is just the greatest example of um, legislate instead of educate. Um, but hey-ho, they, they've done it. Um, and we adhered um, because that's what you have to do. Um, so we put our calories on the menu and we, we actually did our calories. We worked them out um, about a year ago and our chips were coming out at 1,070, I think, was yeah. the number. And we were, when we got them, we were like, fucking hell. That's... We all thought it could be high. I remember thinking, this isn't a number that I'm going to be happy with when I see it because they're triple cooked, they're chunky, like yeah. the way we do it. We know that they're going to be calorific. But I think it's safe to say when we saw that number, we were all a bit like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Jesus, that's really, really high. Um, and just like as a side note, calories is not the same as nutrition. Um, I'm trying to sort of make that very clear. But, but as I said, reductionist point. But um, so, so calories coming out on our chips were way higher than we thought. And, and we basically had this <clears throat> deadline of April where we had to get um, the calories ready for the, for the um, website and for our menus and stuff. So we were like, right, there's probably, there might be a mistake here. Let's go and get our calories lab tested. Because what we've done initially was a theoretical test, which is how most calories are done. There's a piece of software, you put the recipe in, spits out a calorie, that's what you get. Um, <clears throat> so we did a lab testing and we sent them off about eight weeks before the deadline for calories, um, which I think was April the 5th. Um, and as a result, we were like, oh, cool, we've got loads of time. We'll get the calories back um, from the lab testing, and then we can go forward. Um, and hopefully they'll be better than the than the, the theoretical ones. And what ensued is the lab test came back, and they were given to us per 100 grams, which is how they basically give you. They don't give you per portion. They give you per 100 grams. And that is a vital piece of information because the biggest fuck up about this whole story is we got our portion size wrong. So I realized this when we were sat in our in exec meeting and I'm sort of scratching my head and I'm looking at all the data and I'm just thinking like, I was looking at all of our competitors and looking at, you know, some frozen chip portions um, from our competitors and they were like four, 500 calories. And I'm like, how the fuck is that possible? Like there's obviously differences, but it's not double the amount of calories. Um, and I, what we had done um, is when you cook a potato for chips from from um, from fresh, every single cooking process, depending on how you cook for, obviously, but every single cooking process, you lose about 30% of weight. So from a raw potato, you cut it into chips, you cook it, you lose about 30% of weight. For us, we then cook it in the restaurants twice. So there's another step there where you lose more weight. And the fuck up we had made is we based our calorie data on that middle step of process, of middle um, weight of, of our chips, which was effectively... It was like 400 grams instead yeah, of like it's 250. Yeah, well, 350 was... grams, basically. Yeah. We, we base it on 350 grams, which is what our um, chips portion is that the restaurant has to weigh out before it goes into the fries in the restaurant. So it's like the first fry weight of 350 grams the final fry weight is 200 grams so we had basically put in you know just over a third of extra calories on our um on our menu um and i realized it and it hit me like a freaking potato to the face i saw the like, moment actually. yeah you I were just me i was like 
I remember being in the meeting when we were like, this just doesn't make sense. Like we're a week in, like this just doesn't make sense. Like why, how is everyone else's calories so much lower than ours? I know. We're having that conversation and I see you get your laptop out. I don't know what you're doing, but in the corner of my eye, I can see you sort of tapping away. And then about five minutes later, I see you just go, your face just stopped and you just dropped and you kind of, a little bit of color ran from your face. And I was like, what's, what's, what, what's going on? And then uh, you realised that we did. I mean, there's, a good, there's good news. We'd multiplied. Yeah, I was like, there's good news. Yeah. And then there's really bad news. Um, but yeah, you realised that you'd multiplied the 100 gram calories by about. Well, the problem is, is, is if, if the lab one. had sent us the calories per portion, this would have come out. Yeah. We'd have already got yeah. it. So, so it was like just a freaking list of fuck ups that just kept on coming. If, if, we, if we'd have got proportion calories off lab, it would have been fine. But because we got the 100 gram portions, um, for calories from the lab and we then just multiplied that by the original weight that we'd use for theoreticals which is 350 grams we've got the same number yeah so yeah. mahusive fuck up um very frustrating but we came clean which was you know the only way to do it when you make a, an error like that that affects customers the only way is to come clean um and to our people well it's ultimately a good news story for customers i mean yeah and we got some amazing um comments and people were like can you introduce a thousand calorie portion? Because that's what I want to read. I know we did, we did get a few emails being like, "Oh my god!" When before we did realize, they're like, "God, your calories are chips are high," but I don't care. <laughs> yeah, we're doing it, and I mean, it's we've got to say like, it's important that people manage their calorie intake, and you shouldn't be eating burger and chips um, regularly, right? This what we do, what we sell is a treat food. It's something that you go and, yeah. and catch up with your mates and have some fun. Um, but yeah, that was a, that was a good one. A very relevant fucking Yeah, and I, th- I think genuinely, and probably one of the reasons why we're, if we're honest, we're probably talking a little bit now as well, is that we, the fear then was that we were a week into publishing a certain kind of calories, which are high, we know they're mm. high, and then we suddenly, a week later, our chips are now half the calories. Yeah. And my fear was like, oh man, People they're just going to be like, no, yeah. it's affected them, they've had loads of emails, they're just going to fudge it, right? And I was like, how do we, like, we really haven't done that. And particularly which, with our staff, I wanted, and first and foremost, with our staff, I want yeah. to make sure the team, the guys know... Definitely won't be naming any names here, but there's quite a lot of fudgery going on in uh, calories at the moment. I think there might be. There yeah. may, well, we have some suspicions of fudging. Um, um, maybe we're just too honest for our own good with the uh, with the original. But, um, well, you know, like I said, burger and chips isn't everyday food. I tried that for three months when we opened Brixton and I went a kind of pallid tone of grey, so it's not... Yeah, no, you definitely need to... Um, do you remember that guy? So do you remember that guy used to order two... Two Burgers Tony. Two Burgers Tony, we called him, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't he two Tony, doubles, so he? He had two He'd come and order two bar doubles takeaway. We'd never eat in, and he'd probably do that three times a week. And obviously yeah. it was me serving him pretty much every he time was, he, he came. He was in quite good shape as well, right? He was right, yeah, he wasn't... He yeah, wasn't like yeah. jacked or anything. Um, <laughs> you asked him, I remember <laughs> after about three or four months, I was like, I just think, man, like... Yeah, I wanted to, because he was a regular, and I would just like to get to know our regulars yeah, a little bit. quiet, wasn't so he? So I was like, um, <coughs> excuse me. I was like, Jesus, uh, I mean, where do you, you know, is it, is it you and your girlfriend, you and your mates, like, you know, two burgers three times a week? And he's like, no, man, it's just for me. And I was like, yeah. oh, my God, you're eating six honest burgers a week. And I thought about it, and then the next time I saw him, I was like, man, I really I think this is too many. <laughs> like, I, I think I said something really... Stupid, like you should. I hope you're eating lots of pulses in between these burgers or something. Yeah, and that was it, right? And then obviously never saw him again. <laughs> like yeah. that was enough to make it awkward. You judgmental fucker. <laughs> yeah, I never ever saw Two Burgers Tony again. Um, and sadly, Two Burgers Tony doesn't know that he is Two Burgers Tony. So 
we're never going to find him again. No, his, definitely, his name definitely wasn't Tony. But, um, yeah, anyway, side side point. So that, yeah, that, that is a calorie. Lost a customer, that's a fuck up, isn't it? Yeah. Didn't, yeah. He, didn't need to have that conversation with him, I'm not his dad. <laughs> anyway. But um, as a result, yeah, calories are, you know, important part of a daily diet. You know, I take my, my diet very seriously. We do have... Um, We've got menus in the website and the all our restaurants now which don't have calories in because I know it can actually be very triggering for people with eating disorders as well, which but, which yeah, I mean it makes so much sense. And even people who would never in a million years say they ha- they have an eating disorder, it's still a lot of pressure to put on people when you just want to go and have some fun sometimes. It really um, is. And actually, just before we started, <clears throat> James, who sat behind the camera here, uh, was telling me that, that the post we did on that a couple of days ago, yeah, I think viral. Man. Viral for us. Local viral. Yeah. Yeah. But it's one of the best we've had, I think, what James is saying. So, as in most views. So it's obviously, there's, there's definitely something there, isn't it? It does, it does feel a bit knee-jerk from the government, like tick box, we, look, we've done something rather than actually thinking through values, educating around nutrition. It's not necessarily about calories. Look, yeah, I mean, what are they expecting to happen? Are, are, are restaurants either going to change their recipes, which, you know, it's hard to make a chip healthy. It's hard to make a pizza healthy. It's hard to make a burger healthy. Um, you can, but it just tastes like shit. Yeah, or the, 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 <laughs> what most people do is they reduce portion size, right? Yeah, that's the easiest way to make something healthier. In inverted commas, is um, is just lower the the portion, which yeah. is not something we we're prepared to do. We we know that our food is not, um, you know, you wouldn't call it healthy, but what we do know about our food is it's very natural. Um, a lot of our product, you know, all of our food is made from ingredients you could get from a supermarket. You know, it's pretty straightforward. The stuff we make in our prep kitchen is is just a normal kitchen, just a bigger scale. Um, and no toot, as my mum used to say when we were kids and we'd try and... Uh, toot. Yeah, me and my brother used to try and, you know, stick in a bottle of Sunny Delight or something and or some processed bit of food or a sweet or something. And she, without, without noticing, that was the game. Mm. Could we get it in the trolley and get it paid for without her noticing? And she always would. And her word was like, she'd look at the back of it and look at all the additives and stuff and go, it's full of tut, get it out of the basket. What the fuck does tut mean? Know, you'd have to ask my mum. <laughs> Made sense though. But. All right, nice one. Well, I think that's probably it. It's been an emotional, reflective roller coaster of all of our cock-ups the last 11 years. I think we've missed a lot of them, if I'm being frank. But it's just, it's, it's, but then there'll be loads more, which is cool. I, I love them. I don't, yeah. know, I don't really regret. Well, I would like to leave... Them leave um anyone listening to this podcast with um a wise phrase about mistakes go on then it is only a mistake if you make it twice oh, profound i don't think, I can, it, think we should stop let's, let's leave it. it there if you've got any questions or you want to get in touch please drop us a message the email is podcast at honestburgers.co.uk And then as always, give us a follow on TikTok and Instagram at Honest Burgers. We really hope you've enjoyed listening and thank you for tuning in.